What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mini Crush Monday with Noel. Hello, Charles. Uh, Noel, I'm going to catch everyone up on what we were just talking about. You logged on to Skype. Mm -hmm. You said, let me make a file. And I went, making files. And you said, whatever happened to that guy, Roy Scheider? Yeah, he was great in Jaws. I said, he died. And what did you say? I said, well, who's going to make the copies (laughs) then? Oh, man. Rob Schneider. He died, too. No, he, his career died. That's not the same thing. The the tiny death. <laughs> I don't know how tiny that is. Yeah. No, but really, I mean, does he at least have a podcast? Surely. Oh, is that Surely. The, last, the last stop on the train? <laughs> now, 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 Chuck, that's not fair. It's not what I meant. I just meant, you know, it's a thing you can do when all else fails. I think, I think you're right. Like, Rob Schneider could probably get 20,000 people to listen to him say something into a mic. I bet he could. Uh, I mean, David Spade has a podcast. Does he really? Yeah. With us? No. Okay. I don't know who it's with. He's got a TV show that's pretty good, too, on Netflix where he interviews, like, you know, famous comedians and stuff. It's good. I like it. He interviews, uh, what's the one that I saw that was funny? Um, maybe Norm MacDonald. Yes, I love Norm MacDonald. That yeah, guy's he's, insane. He's, he's, funny, in, he's truly funny. insane. Yeah. Yeah, Norm's the best. Uh, so to get things going here, I want to say a big, big, huge congratulations to my friend and friend of the show, actor Paul Schneider. 
Uh, we've had Paul on the show before for the great Back to the Future episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul was, he's a, a film actor is how I know and love him. He was also on the TV show Parks and Rec. And Paul and his lovely wife have just had their first little baby. The Schneids, little Schneids. Little Schneids, little baby girl. And uh, uh, that's all I'm comfortable revealing other than that she's a beautiful little girl and they are very, very over the moon. And I'm so happy for my for my buddy. That's lovely. So That's lovely. Big ups to to the Schneids family. How are you, we, Noel? I'm good. We got some sad news this week. We got a couple of big RIPs. Uh, Who's we? And, well, we the the movie going community. I guess we got Fred Willard. Yeah, passed away. So um, sad. Of uh, you know all the wonderful Christopher Guest movie fame. You know, like what is it? Uh, what what is what is the, the the there's a TV show that he's in? What happened? Yeah, that was was that in? Uh, that was well, in, I mean, was he, that, that was he, the dog movie. Yeah, best be, in show. Best in show was uh, not a TV show. Uh, it was a movie, and so it was waiting for Guffman. And of course, yes, yes. he got his start in the you know '60s and '70s, uh, Fernwood Tonight, and that's right. I believe he, I think he might have been on the Carol Burnett show at times, or I might have that wrong, but. Fred Willard is just one of the greats. My favorite thing about Fred Willard was like just two or three years ago in his early 80s when he got got uh, busted, I guess, at a porn theater. And uh, the Internet roundly <laughs> just, you know, we've come a long way, Noel. The Internet roundly was just like, oh, Fred, poor thing. Like, let's just show you how you do that these days. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't need to go to these theaters. No shame. Don't don't uh, feel guilty about any of this. In the old days, people, you know, Pee Wee Herman was hung up by his boots. Well, I didn't realize the extent of that. They apparently found like some some child porn like in his collection. For Paul Rubens? For Paul Rubens. Is I, that I heard true? That, yeah, they he, they raided him or something uh, associated with that. And he, you know, I think what, his excuse was that he had just a giant collection of like dirty materials that a lot of it was just for like, you know, archival purposes, I guess. Uh, and within that, he had some stuff that he claimed he didn't know what it was. And I think there was some underage stuff in there. But he seems to have emerged unscathed from that. And I'm glad that Fred Willard did, too, because. You know, I love that guy. Um, he, yeah. Did, did you oh ever boy. see him at Sketchfest? I know you always would go to Sketchfest, and I saw that he appeared there quite a few times. Some I never got days. to see him at Sketchfest, and I never got to meet the great uh, Fred Willard. That would have been great. And boy, I did not know this about Paul Rubens. That's sort of distressing. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, and also, uh, Lynn Shelton, whose work I'm not super familiar with, but I just know was a big, you know, mumblecore director and did the Hump Day and worked with, you know, um, the Mark Duplass a lot, and yeah. was apparently, you know, in a relationship with Mark Maron, who I love for the last year or so, and yeah, he did a, he did a really tearful kind of oh boy, did you eulogy. hear that? I didn't hear it. I couldn't bring myself to Fuck, it. Just dude. sounded it was really very hard. Intense. It was about eight minutes of. Uh, him talking about it, and then he re-released his his episode where they uh, he interviewed her when they first met. It was it was brutal to listen to. Um, I uh, I don't really know Mark. I've, I've talked to him a few times. I've met him a couple of times. Tried to get him on Movie Crush a bunch of times and and been rebuffed uh, or rather ignored, which is fine. But I'm I know that there's a lot of crossover listenership, and uh, it's it's just brutal. What happened and how it went down and we're all thinking about him and her and her kid and her ex-husband and it's just tough yeah so that was a sad sad couple of days this happened really close together yeah 
I mean, boy, I can't imagine uh, losing anyone is tough, but suddenly out of the blue, seemingly healthy person just sort of collapsing and dying hours later uh, out of nowhere is, uh, that's, I can't imagine how someone would handle that. Especially uh, Mark, who's, you know, very upfront about his troubles anyway. So I hope he's, hope he's going to be all right. I do too. Podcast community is rallying around him though. And uh, I know he knows that and that is helping him a little bit. No question about it. Uh, what else you been up to, Noel? We haven't had you on in a little bit. We had Josh on. That one went over as expected. Yeah, you did that again or just the one time? Just the you one time, a, but okay. uh, it was just released. And uh, Got it. Got boy, it. He, uh, he he lit up the world on this show. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> it was great. Good. Glad to be traveling in his wake. <laughs> no, you, you're driving the fucking boat, my friend. I kid, my friend. I'll tell. I, I don't think. I, yeah, I haven't really. You were on vacation last week, and we didn't really communicate much. But mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm moving uh, into a bigger house, um, yeah. ditching the the roommate situation. Now, entirely. when is that happening? Next week uh, wow. on on Friday. I've already got all my appointments for utilities and internet, so yeah. it should be a pretty seamless transition. I'm doing like a real big boy move where I'm like packing boxes and shutting them with tape and labeling them <laughs> with sharpies. You know, you're not you're not doing the 18 trips in the car, just throwing shit no, in the car. No, no, I'm past that, Chuck. I've really moved on in my life. And you know, it's interesting. I was th- kind of thinking about my trajectory as a single dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I got divorced and was living in Athens, and we owned a house and uh, was working. Working in Atlanta already and kind of staying in Atlanta a couple of days a week yeah, sure. uh, with my buddy who I have lived with for quite a while. And um, it was just a quick fix to get a roommate. And he, we already lived together half the time, you know, yeah. when I was up in Atlanta and the place we were living was an old friend of his and it wasn't an ideal situation. So we were just like, shit, let's just get a place together. And it just kind of continued it wasn't by necessity it was more just like a comfort level thing we're just like you know like brothers almost and so it's kind of the end of an era but uh, i realized yeah. it was all a product of like oh yeah it was that that divorce and me needing to move very quickly and him being kind of like a ready-made way of you know because it's expensive to get divorced <laughs> and sure. uh, i needed a little you know someone to kind of help share the cost and then it just kind of stayed and we, we we moved places together once and now uh he's moving off and hit with his girlfriend and uh, i'm moving in with a place by myself with my kid and um the thing i'm most excited about is it has a giant room for all my studio stuff i can't wait to see is, this thing which yeah. which has been stuffed in my bedroom for the last you know handful of years so it's a three bedroom and the biggest room in the house opens to the outside back Great. porch area so i'm gonna have like couches in there and Sweet. coffee table and all my records and it's gonna be my whole man cave studio office situation especially since we're gonna continue working from home god knows how long so i'm yeah. really excited Oh, no, that's great. I'm so happy for you. And without getting too specific, where is it again? I know it's closer to me, right? It's very close to you. Yeah, it's East Lake, uh, Candler Road area. Like, Oh, um, yeah, dude. That's mm-hmm. right around the corner. Yep, yep. I love it. Uh, you know, Noel, there's an old divorce lawyer joke. Uh, do you know why divorce is so expensive? Mm. Have you ever heard this one? No, no. Do you know why divorce is so expensive? I don't. Because it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the old joke. <laughs> 
Well, funnily enough, the new place, my, I, it was actually my ex-wife who found it for me. Oh, and nice. it is walking distance from their house. And I'm very close with her and her uh, husband. Yeah. And they have a baby together and who's my daughter's, you know, uh, little sister. I so guess. you guys are going to be able to walk to each other? Walk to each other. That's and so fucking The whole great. thing is just great. Everything about it is just, and it all worked out. I had money scrolled away. Yeah. I've been kind of, you know, I had a raise. Like, I'm just now really able to comfortably yeah. do this by myself and I really feel good about it so I'm can't pumped. wait man maybe I'll see you around the neighborhood and I'll throw it would love would love that throw a tomato at your head because <laughs> <laughs> that's what neighbors do totally you borrow a cup of sugar you throw a tomato at their head put me in the stockades do you have one of those in the neighborhood just kind of in the square uh, uh well I have a stockade in my backyard but cool. I haven't been able to use it lately because of social d that's fair you're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, Noel, let's get going here. It's good to see you again. You too, man. Uh, we're going to get started. This is a Crusher special uh, because we had some, the Crushers are just crushing it lately, pardon the mm -hmm. pun, with some great, great posts and getting some great dis uh, discussions going. And we're going to start off with Dan Maynard. Uh, Dan is a, one of our oldest pals, and he has now been labeled a hot cup of coffee conversation starter on Facebook. You know what that means? Uh, I need another cup of coffee. No, it just means Dan is the man. So uh, he posted this, movies that aged well for you and not it holds up, more that it takes on a new meaning as you get older. Uh, and Dan himself says E.T. takes first place. 
Uh, as a kid, it was a sci-fi buddy adventure film. As an adult, you begin to recognize it's about a family dealing with a heavy divorce, struggling to work as a family, and E.T. becomes Elliot's uh, safety blanket. Man, I haven't seen E.T. in a minute. You know what I watched last night? Actually, in the last couple of weeks, I watched Wayne's World with my daughter. Okay. And last night, we watched Wayne's World 2. Uh-huh. And and there's a scene uh, at this radio station where the desk woman is uh, played by a very young, lovely, peak beauty, uh, Drew Barrymore. And she plays oh, a sure. Swede named Jürgen Bjorgen or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I told my kid, because she's really flirtatious, and my kid gets squigged out by that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. like, that was the little girl from E.T. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, no! Oh, that's funny. Um, you know, we finally made the Goonies decision and watched the Goonies with Ruby a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was great, and it was fine. And she heard the word shit like seven times. Right. And that's about on par with how many times she hears it in a week in our house. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and totally. it was it was great. She loved it. It was a lot yeah. of fun. So that's, that's a good one. Goonies uh, under the belt. Wonderful. How old is she again? Four? She'll be five in July. So yeah, okay. yeah, okay. I mean, it's a little young for sure, but she enjoyed it. It was a great adventure for her. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Jill Novicki Lynch says, uh, "I just heard Beetlejuice described as a very adult movie, so I'd like to watch it again. I can't remember a ton from being a kid, but I'm betting it's a whole new movie now." Hmm. Yeah, Beetlejuice is not a kid's movie. No, I mean it's got some kind of borderline like gore. You know, when uh, they pull pull their they pull their faces off, you know, yeah, it's sort of silly looking. But if you're real little, that that'd be some nightmare fuel right there. There's definitely some stuff in it that you could qualify as kind of scary. Yeah, I would not. Uh, yeah. Beetlejuice is is not for kids. It, it could be a little upsetting, I would think. Mm-hmm. And it's just the humor is not really kid humor either. It's like, you know, it's above their head, I think. Well, even just the way it handles death and grief and loss, it's pretty heavy, honestly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me see here. Our old friend Minal Data says, The Matrix. I was blown away as a preteen, but didn't really understand what I was watching. Every time I've watched it since, I gained more insight and appreciation. And the effects are just awesome. Ha ha. Uh, yeah, the effects, I think, hold up pretty well. I completely disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't think they hold up? I just think they're they've been copied so much that they just it, it's not their fault, but it's just that bullet time stuff and the whole spinning around in the crane pose thing. I still it's love just it. been it's just been ripped <laughs> off so many times and kind of like parodied. Yeah, when you see it, uh, I, I watched it recently and I watched it with my kid and we were both just like kind of laughing how like dated it looked, but it was so revolutionary at the time. And if yeah. you separate it from all of the copycats, it is still really badass. but it's so hard to do that. And then, then that's, that's, that's my problem. It's no one else's problem. It's a great I movie. I got you. Uh, Lori Jordan says nine to five when I'm watching as a kid, it never occurred to me that I would end up in a career working in offices predominantly for male bosses, still relevant and very enjoyable. Yeah, that movie was ahead of its time, I think. Or is not ahead com- of its time. A, yeah, it's a comedy. a comedy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you should see 9 to 5, Noel. It's delightful. Yeah. Okay. Right. Really, really fun movie. Uh, and that trio, man, uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton just doesn't get any better. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Isn't Dolly, doesn't Dolly Parton smoke weed or something in it? Yeah, they have a, they yeah. have a weed scene. It's There's a weed scene. A lot scene. of fun, yeah. yeah it's funny. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jane Fonda especially is really good in the movie. Uh, Sarah Stapleton says alien still don't get many female leads like Ripley. Yeah, that's true. 
Alien holds up, dude. Now, the fe- effects in that, the practicals, it's just so based on, like, their real reactions. Like, when the when the Alien's face awesome. hugger yeah. pops out and everyone's, like, freaking out. Apparently, they, they really were seeing that effect for the first time and genuinely freaking the fuck out. Like, dude, it's, it's so, cr- so crazy good. that Ridley Scott made two science fiction films in the late 70s and early 80s that still look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bonkers. Blade Runner and Alien still look really good and not in a like, well, I'll give it a pass. Like, they look great. See, that's the thing, Chuck. Matrix, all digital computery stuff that gets yeah. improved upon. Sure. Practical effects always holds up. Like, The Thing, I, I watched The Thing recently. It looks awesome. You can't yeah. mess with that Agreed. practical stuff. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike Anderson says Rushmore. Uh, it has always had three generations to choose slash identify with. And as I get older, I see them in different ways. Wow, I never really thought about that. You've got, I guess the three generations would be the the kids and then the teacher and then Herman would be, because mm-hmm. he was, is that another generation? Is he that much older than? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. he's, I think, I think he's meant to be, yeah, it's a good point. And I guess Herman and, and uh, Max's father would be the third generation. Yeah, I get it. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Andre, uh, Andrea Dupuis says field of dreams. I really relate strongly with different characters, uh, especially more now. So as a parent of a teen who will be a senior, speaking of which, Noel, uh, you know, I did a, uh, I did one of those commencement speeches for mm. the podcast and really enjoyed it. I did all the voiceover bumps for them and I enjoyed it slightly less. Was but, that you? Uh, yeah. I did not recognize your voice. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm the male one. Lauren Vogelbaum did the female ones, but I did all of the, yeah. I yeah, Lauren's our, she's kind of our go-to. Uh, she does She does a really great job. Well, I'm the other go-to, Chuck. Did you not know this? <laughs> no, well, I know you're a go-to. Can you give the lady, <laughs> can you give women props for once? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm trying to out you as a. I love women. PC offender. Uh, oh, no. Does Lauren's set up to record at home. I need to get her on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm lining people up. Uh, we have some uh, special shows coming up, everyone. I'm going to do a Flophouse run. Uh, all three guys in the Flophouse, I'm going to get on and post them all three in a row. So fans of the Flophouse, you're going to enjoy uh, a little run of crossover. And we're also going to do, since Max Fun Con is obviously canceled this year, uh, we're still going to do our Friendly Fire crossover uh, sometime around the same time and get that nice. out as well, which I'm very excited about. Hell yeah. All right, let's do one more here. Baird Williams Swedman says, Clueless, saw it in a theater as a kid and loved it. Uh, watched it all the time. Now it's one of mine and my wife's favorite, and I get all the jokes that I missed as a 12-year-old. Great movie. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's one of the. It's a good point that he makes, because it's one of those movies you can definitely appreciate as a younger viewer, and you yeah. don't feel can't talk down to or like pandered to or anything or that sure. anything's like purposefully over your head. But then there's a lot of nuance uh, as you get older that you pick up on and it just kind of like keeps revealing layers, which is funny to say about what is ultimately kind of a vapid movie, but it's pretty smart in its mm-hmm. vapidness. Like it's, it's really lampooning that kind of culture and that kind of behavior that yeah. kind of like Beverly Hills, you know, bullshit culture you know yeah it's one of uh, emily's favorite movies i like it as well the great amy heckerling uh, directed that film she's fantastic she sure is uh all right so we're gonna go with our second category here from noble long and noble 
I don't believe I recognize you from the page, but you killed it with this uh, conversation starter. So welcome. He says, and I can't believe we've never done this, Noel, favorite movie score composer. Do you have one? I have several. Um, well, I know you do, and I know some of them. I, I know I, I know you're going to say John Carpenter. Or, yeah, I love John Carpenter. Uh, I know you're going to say the guy the Safdie brothers use. I do like him as well. Um, I've always been a big fan of uh, Ennio Morricone. Oh, sure. He's uh, he's sort of known for this one sound, you know, in this mm -hmm. uh, in the the sound that he sort of invented that spaghetti western, you know, kind of ooey 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 thing. But he he's he's it's an ocarina, which is like this. He took a weird instrument and kind of made it this quintessential signature, you know, for that whole score. Yeah. Um, but he also does a lot of like Italian, you know, kind of more swinging '60s kind of scores. That sure. Some are like Burt Bacharach, and yeah. he's pretty versatile. And he's done, uh, you know, he's done some horror stuff. He obviously did the Tarantino, you know, uh, uh, Hateful Eight, and he's he's a really just interesting, versatile composer. And I'm I'm a big fan of his. Really love Hans Zimmer, another very sure. versatile composer. Versatile, like that's that's the thing that I think is interesting. And really, really, really love. Uh, um, uh, the the guy from Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh. Oh uh, man, because he's yeah. you know the way the way uh, uh, Wes Anderson used him, he has this kind of thing where he can kind of do these like styles. Like he obviously has a thing where you're like, oh, that's a Mark Mothersbaugh tune, but he also has this chameleonic ability to kind of do different things for different directors and become their kind of sound. Really yeah. interesting dude. Yeah, agree. And you know, Hans Zimmer was uh, Noble Long's pick. Uh, you know, all those are on my list as well. I'm going to go back uh, and shout out an old school guy, though, uh, the great Henry Mancini. Uh, he was, you know, Henry Mancini's work. Oh, yeah. Pink Panther, baby. Pink Panther, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Victor Victoria, uh, Two for the Road, Shot in the Dark. He did a lot of Peter Sellers stuff. Um, Peter Gunn. I mean, that's one of the most legendary film scores of all time, I think. And then that he, dun 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 yeah <laughs> wow wow so great and then he did some darker uh, darker stuff with touch of evil and wait until dark um just a, a legend like if, if you look up his filmography it's just intimidating to stare at baby elephant walk Good oh stuff. yeah oh yeah so what is that is that just that's just a piece right is that from a yeah movie or? i don't think it's from a movie yeah i, I thought so too uh, so Lee Dallas says, you mean second favorite because, you know, John Williams. And there are going to be a lot of John Williams. Um, oh, Jeremy Barney says the great Danny Elfman, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I would have mentioned him, too. I love he's another one that like he's got the Danny Elfman sound. But then he also does movies that you kind of forget he had anything to do with. He can really yeah. like slip in and out of like all these different styles. Yeah. And that the boy, the Tim Burton stuff is just so signature and cinematic. It's really, really great. And that's another example of a wonderful, you know, relationship between a director and a composer that really pushed them both kind of to new heights. You know, I mean, you, you can like Tim Burton movies and the Danny Elfman scores are kind of inseparable from one another yeah. in the same way that the Wes Anderson movies and the Mark Mothersbaugh scores are kind of you really. I had those soundtracks, you know, growing up and all of the Mark Mothersbaugh sound cues that made it in between all those wonderful 60s jams. uh we're just as memorable, you know? Totally, totally. Uh, old friend John Mekalep says Michael Giacchino had to look him up. But now that I'm seeing his uh, filmography, just a lot of huge movies, a lot of J.J. Abrams stuff, 
uh, Planet of the Apes movies, uh, Jurassic World, Zootopia, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Jojo Rabbit, The Batman, End of Days, Land of the Lost, Cars, Mission Impossible. Jeez. Yeah, he's he's one of the big, big daddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what you don't see enough of is uh, female composers. And it's probably well, for the same reason as every other reason in Hollywood. Probably. And that's a really good point. I, I can't think of a, a bunch off the top of my head. There's obviously the great Wendy Carlos, um, who, you know, did all of the music for Clockwork Orange. and uh, But that was a, a work that already existed pre-Clockwork Orange. But a great example of repurposing something and, and making it, you know, again, inseparable from the movie. I mean, I think of those synth versions of all those classic, yeah. you know, Beethoven pieces and stuff. And it's really just they're one and the same in my mind. Yeah, and of course we had this uh, discussion during the Oscars, but this year we finally got a a, a woman that won the Oscar uh, for Joker. Remember the uh, Hild- That's right. I have no idea how to pronounce it. Hildur, and then it's a bunch of letters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a, that that was a beautiful score. Though that cello piece when he's kind of doing the slow motion yeah. dancing or whatever uh, that I yeah. think was largely improvised, and he did it to the score. Oh, if I'm not great. mistaken, I heard an interview where he was talking about how they played the score, and he did that kind of on the fly when he's in the bathroom, kind of dancing with himself or whatever, you know. Yeah, and apologies for not knowing how to pronounce her name, but it's Icelandic, and there are uh, there are little signs above the letters in Icelandic that I don't even know what they mean. Like, give me an umlaut. I know what it's to do with an umlaut. But I don't even know what this is. Do you know how to it pronounce mainly, it? It makes it a sure or a bure or a fure. Okay, really? Depending, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Mainly. mainly. <laughs> sure, bure, fure. Are you sure she's not Swedish? So wait, she's Icelandic. Icelandic has the little O's, the little mini kind of like O O symbols that yeah. are on top of them. They're like a, I don't even know how to get those on a keyboard, man. It's like some kind of weird control and one two seven eight nine code thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's I think you just have to buy a computer in Iceland for that to that's work. Probably that's probably true. Uh, former guest Craig Johnson, our friend, is saying John Carpenter, of course, Danny Elfman, and Basil Polidoris. Don't know that person. Uh, Brad Honey says Philip Glass, of course. Yes. Uh, Vangelis and uh, Morricone. Uh-huh. I forgot about Vangelis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Philip Glass. Legend. Absolutely. It seems like once you get, like I know a lot of people do film scores because there's a ton of movies, but there's, I feel like there's like eight people that do a lot of the movies, major movies, you know? Oh, for sure. It's like a, yeah. And it's, it's a, and it's a total boys club. No question about it. Yeah. Um. But I'm a big fan of like, you know, again, like it's the same with Danny Elfman. Like Danny Elfman was in an 80s kind of weirdo rock band, Oingo Boingo. And he kind of had a relationship with Tim Burton for like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And he he sort of found his way into film scoring. Mm -hmm. He obviously was classically trained because he, you know, knew how to play keys and knew how to read music and all that shit. You can't just fake that. But he found his way into that world. He's got one of those master classes, if you've seen those. Oh, no, um, I've not seen his. Uh, which I would really like to watch his. I want to get a hold of that because he's uh, an interesting fellow. Uh, and the way he came by it, the same way Mark Mothersbaugh came by it. You know, Devo was post-punk kind of weirdo right. band. And he now is this, like, he make, he does full orchestral scores, you know? like And it's just happened, like, it's one of those fake it till you make it kind of situations with dudes like that. And I really respect that, respect that and appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, Oingo Boingo. They were great. 
Uh, and Hans Zimmer, you know, he did one of my favorite scores of all time with the True Romance score, which was, uh, which borrowed heavily from the, um, oh, Jesus Christ, now I can't even remember it, the uh, Badlands score. Badlands? Terrence Malick film. I don't know who did that original oh, score, Oh, that's right. Yeah. But they, he which kind is- of borrowed from that uh, from that great, great score. But Hans Zimmer, I'm not saying he ripped anyone off. Are you a Terrence Malick fan? Yes, a thousand percent. Like, uh, like unequivocally, you think he can do no wrong? Oh, no, no, no. I think he has made some of my very, very favorite movies of all time. And, and uh, I think he has also lost his way a little bit. And I think he might have found his way. I haven't seen it, but this new movie is supposed to it be great. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I just found the Tree of Life to be a little too pretentious for my Didn't taste. love it. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of it, it yeah. lost me. He did those other, I didn't even see. Uh, Night of Cups. Night of Cups. I did not see that. I, I, I don't know. It's weird for a guy to take that much time between films and then just start churning them out that the critics aren't loving. It's it's just an interesting trajectory for a career, I think. Our good friend Casey Pegram really mm-hmm. stands by him oh, yeah. every step of the way. And uh, I respect Casey so much in his taste, and we have a lot in common. Uh, but there are a few of those that I just don't see the way he sees. Yeah. And I think it may may well just be he's seeing the cinematography and just like, you know, the craft of it all. Sure. Maybe more than I'm willing to just overlook the fact mm-hmm. that I think the story is a little light and maybe a little on the, you know, pretentious side. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, have you I seen, a, have you seen a ghost story that, that movie? No, I haven't, but I'm a big fan of, uh, of the director. And I actually know the his producing partner through Josh and Yumi, uh, it's a friend of theirs, Toby. Um, they also did, uh, ain't them, uh, ain't them body saints. What's the name of that movie? It's something like that. Yeah. 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 I, I was just talking about it with um, with my friend uh, last night. Um, re kind of Terrence Malick. It kind of had those vibes, and there yeah. were parts of it that I just thought were gorgeous and beautiful and poetic. And there were parts of it where I was like, "Okay, come on!" Like, yeah, I really want to see it. Yeah, no, I, I think you should. And I'd love to. I'd love like to chat premise. chat with you about it. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful premise. Uh, let me see. Oh, here's one we haven't mentioned. I think overlooked these days uh, because he's also a rock and roll musician. Alex Paulette says Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Totally. Wonderful. Wonderful yeah, they do scores. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Brennan says Alan Silvestri. Hmm. Name rings a bell. Uh, I think he's one of those, like, classic old school, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's sort of old school. Oh, well, he did The Avengers. Yeah. Boy, that's a great score. For sure. Yeah, he was working in the 70s, it looks like, and has just done a ton of movies, uh, including Back to the Future 2, Romancing the Stone, Flight of the Navigator, Young Guns, Soap Dish. Man, yeah, he did a bunch of good movies, but I think he will forever be known for, uh, for those Avengers scores. Those are great. Yeah, they sure are. You know, when you really nail a score is when you... When the score itself becomes just part of the fabric of culture uh, to where you can't disassociate it from the film, you know? Sure. Sure. We should shout out uh, shout out soundtrack show, by the way, uh, on our network. A bunch of people here asking about the soundtrack show and commenting on it. Uh, Really, really great show on our network. 
It truly is. Yeah, he, he uh, does really cool kind of dissections of, of film scores and talks yeah. about the history and the references, musical references, and the, uh, you know, just the craft of, of, of scoring a film. Excellent host uh, who himself is a wonderful composer and voice actor and really knows the ins and outs of all the stuff that we're talking about here. So highly recommend you checking that one out. Yeah, this is a friend of Holly's. Uh, David Collins, I think is his name. That is correct. And um it was one of the kind of when we started opening up the network and really um, going out and sourcing talent, Holly brought him in. He was one of the first guys we brought in and it just a total, total film score and soundtrack nerd uh, in the best way. He's he's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. So, Noel, we are going to finish up with a little stream in this. I will start while you can think about what you've been watching. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to continue with Red Oaks. I know I've talked about it a bunch, but that is the show that we are just now getting into season three, the third and final season. This show has been comfort food like uh, you would not believe. It is a wonderful show set in the 80s, again, at a uh, swim and uh, tennis and racket club and golf, tennis and racket. That's the same thing. And it just, it's great, man. It's its an 80s thing, so it has all the feel of an 80s movie, but there's still a lot of substance. And the characters are just so well-rounded, and they have such great arcs, and the acting is great. The casting is just amazing. 
Um, Hodgman is in uh, seasons two and three, and he does some of his best work as an actor, I think. Uh, Paul Reiser is fucking phenomenal. He's so good. And uh, the lead, I actually, I had no idea. Uh, you know, it's one of these things when you see an, an actor and then you find out they're uh, from another country and they're doing mm-hmm. an American accent. Oh, yeah. But but you find out way later. It's really, really freaky because apparently this guy, uh, Craig Roberts, is Welsh. And I never would have picked picked up on that in a million years. He's he's fantastic. It's just not fair, Chuck. How come the how come these Europeans can do such good American accents, but Americans have such a hard time doing good European accents? I don't know, man. He's great though. He's a great face actor, uh, just lovable. And I just can't uh, recommend Red Oaks enough. If you need some comfort food, watching their thirty minutes shows, uh, and you can buzz through three seasons pretty quickly. I I recommend you do so. Nice. I have been very much enjoying uh, a new show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. Um, is that is, good? It's fucking fantastic. I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. It's not. It's not for everybody. It's um, it's from Pendleton Ward, who is the animator, creator, kind of genius, psychedelic brain behind Adventure Time. Yeah, which I'm a huge fan of. It's one of those great shows that's you know you can definitely watch with kids. It's for kids, but there's a lot of nuance and weirdness kind of buried in there, or not even buried really. It's kind of right on the surface. But the uh, Midnight Gospel is him collaborating with comedian, thinker, existential weirdo, Duncan Trussell, mm. um, who has a podcast called, I think it's called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, where he has these kind of metaphysical chats with thinkers and weirdos, and uh, they actually take excerpts from that and animate to it, um, in addition to punching in and adding little extra bits. And he plays the main character, who's this kind of... Um, I don't know what you call it. He wears a wizard hat, so I'm going to call him a, a space wizard. Uh, but he really just, he's a, he has a space cast, um, which is a, it's like a podcast, but it's, you know, in space. And he has this simulation machine that can beam him into these simulated alternate universes where he kind of learns these lessons. Um, and it's all based around like Dharma and, you know, Zen Buddhism and like drug culture and it's like it's really intensely violent at times but it's beautiful it's animated kind of like that movie The Point mm-hmm. um, or Yellow Submarine it's kind of got that kind of big blocky colorful kind yeah. of you know design to it and it's just you got to give it a chance Chuck it, it might it's it's a bit much at first but it's just it's really cool it's really really cool I will check that out uh, did you ever finish Devs? No, I haven't. I need to. That's next on my list. Next on my list is finish. Well, we're barreling through Red Oaks and then then we need to go back to Ozark. But we kind of put that away for a moment because we just needed the comfort food more than we needed stressful TV shows. Uh, But then after that, I know there's this uh, stuff you should know fan. Mark Ruffalo is in a a supposedly great new HBO uh, short run series called I Know This Much Is True, where he plays. I think it's based on a novel where he plays twin brothers. That's supposed to be great, but heavy. And uh, I want to see this Tales from the Loop. I've heard it's really, really good. I've seen the first three episodes, and it's wonderful. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a less depressing Black Mirror. It's a oh, okay. less dystopian, <laughs> uh, slightly more hopeful, a little bit more just kinder, gentler Black Mirror. And it's got the wonderful Jonathan Price in it, who's mm. always a delight. Yeah. And he's sort of a central figure. Uh, all the stories revolve around... 
characters that work or are adjacent to in some way this research facility called the loop um, where all of these experiments are taking place uh, with you know dark matter and like yeah. other kinds of like technology and it's beautifully shot and it's really interesting because it's actually based on the art of this uh, Icelandic um, surrealist kind of painter um, who works completely digitally, uh, but his stuff really looks like just these massive paintings. And uh, it's really neat because the actual stories are based on these wordless storybooks that he did. And so they definitely like went in different directions, but all he does these like, you know, Swedish like kind of like uh, sylvan landscapes interspersed with like mech robots and he's got a whole series too where there's like dinosaurs running through cities and stuff and I uh, that'll be another name that I'm not gonna be able to pronounce uh, <laughs> let me let me let's see if I can try though because you got to check out his work Chuck you may have seen some of them just pop up in memes uh, let's see what artist his name is uh, here we go <clears throat> His name is. <laughs> oh, I know you guys love this. Luca? No, Luca Brazzi. Uh, his name is. Uh, okay, uh, Simon Stalenhag. Uh, and it has one of those little O's over the E that we talked about earlier. And I, I mm -hmm. think he's Icelandic. He might be Swedish, but I think he's. No, he's Swedish. Yep. So ch check it out. Highly recommend. Yeah, it sounds right up my alley. And speaking of art. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to the illustrator for the Stuff You Should Know book that's coming out, everyone, which you can pre-order now. The Stuff You Should Know, an incomplete compendium of mostly interesting things. And we got an artist named Carly Minardo out of New York that is fantastic. And I love her work. And uh, it's one of the, my favorite things about this book is seeing these pages come together with Carly's illustrations. And uh, I think you all are going to love it as well. It's really shaping up to be a, a fun, fun book. That's awesome, Chuck. I think uh, there might be a, a book project in in my future as well. I know. Are you allowed to talk about it? Uh, it's it's. I don't want to talk about it quite yet because it's still in the works. But uh, stay tuned. And I'm really excited to see y'all's man. You guys are the kind of the first big push in our uh, uh, stuff family world of books that I think is That's right. Uh, I think it's coming be together. A big deal. Mm -hmm. Very exciting for all of us. We've all wanted to do books for a long time. And a big shout out to Flatiron Press for partnering up with us. And like I said, you can pre-order. If you pre-order, you get little special things that we're trying to figure out what they are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode, Noel. Thanks for uh, joining me, and I'll see you again in about a minute. Great. And we will see everyone else in about a week. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.